Welcome back to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. FC United and Camp Shutout legends Dan Anderson and I take on the monumental task of reviewing each and every MLS goalkeeping core for 2021. It's a two-part episode, so we're starting with the Western Conference today as we dive into our expectations of out of each team's goalkeepers, various historical notes, recent performances, and then cap it all off with a grade at the end of each section. I will say the end does abruptly wind down as I had to get ready and bolt off for practice, so apologies there. But if you're looking for your favorite team, check the episode notes to skip to the correct time and stick around for tomorrow's release of the Eastern Conference goalkeeping course. Fantastic. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're running to the Western Conference goalkeeping course here. We've got 13 teams. Um, I'm going to try to keep it to like a five to seven minute limit just so we don't go on forever. Uh, at, the, at the end of it, <laughs> at the end of it, will both of us, after each team, give a grade for the core. Um, I can kind of be up to interpretation as far as how we're grading that. And we can kind of explain that really briefly. Um, but um, I think in a general sense, and you, you can kind of tack on to this, you're, you're looking for a starter, you're looking for a comparable uh, or a competent backup, and you're looking for some sort of youth that could take over down three, four, five years down the line. Sure. Um, if you could have more than three, you know, that, that's a plus, but having a role for each, each person on the, on the roster there, so to speak. Absolutely. So, so on alphabetically here, we'll go at the top here. Austin FC is our newest uh, MLS team here. Uh, now they're, they're kind of almost gobbling up goalkeepers right now. They've got four signed and they also have uh, Ohio state goalkeeper, Noah Lawrence on the way. So we'll see what happens with them. But uh, Brad Stuber was our starting goalkeeper for the opening weekend. He's played two games now. And we've had Andrew Tarbo, who got brought in from uh, Columbus, Bradley Scott, and then Will Pulisic, who, who just left Duke. So um, I'll start off and say I didn't have a lot of high hopes for Brad Stuber just because it had been uh, – he's 30. He hadn't had a lot of playing time with New York City. Um, and I think usually when that happens, when you're sitting on the bench, there's a good chance you're just rotting away, unfortunately. Um, and so I was kind of thinking, looking at this core thinking, wow, this is cool that we have a lot of American goalkeepers getting chances here. Someone's going to get a chance. Right. However, I, you know, I think that in some sense, it felt like they were on the dice, um, without having a real clear, confident starter, um, outside looking in that said, I thought Stuver looked really good. Um, I, I mean, really impressed me. I would have never guessed that he had been sitting on the bench, um, looked like a really sharp goalkeeper. All credit to him for, for being ready to go. Um, so I was, I was really impressed. What did you take away from uh, Stuber's opening matches? I like Stuber. I, uh, I've coached against him in college. Um, he was a very, very good player then. Uh, I think if he gets a hard time coming out of Cleveland State, oh, hey, um, it is what it is. I think it's, it's crap. But at the end of the day, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I really do. And you know, we goalkeepers tend to train harder over time anyway than, than field players. So I think his training has kept him sharp. I think NYC, those guys there kept him sharp. Uh, very good goalkeeping crew and staff. So I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, Tarbell's certainly of quality as well. The others, you know, it'll be a long road for them within Austin. Um, and they just lost their left back as well, Ben Sweat. Uh, I don't know for how long, but for a while. But at the end of the day, Stuber, I think, is is quite capable. Um, it's just a matter of getting the opportunity like he's having now, and then that leash continuing on for him. That's 
that's I think the big deal. Um, you know, he, he's he's looked steady. With that being said, if he has a, a howler next game or something, and you pull the plug on him, you know that 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 certainly ha- didn't happen in some other uh, clown situations in the league <laughs> over the last few years. So I think you know, give him some time to run with it. I think people will be pleased with Brad Stuber. Well, and I, I absolutely agree. I, I I think what you're looking for for these new expansion teams is someone that can come in and really weather the storm just because expansion teams, you know, if you have a fantastic season, great, but realistically, I mean, you're, you're probably going to be taking your lumps along that first season and yeah. um, you don't want a goalkeeper who's going to fold under pressure or get frustrated or, or snowball in the wrong direction. Um, now I, I we'll get, to, get to what this actually, this next team will cover here uh-huh. uh, as far as about pulling the plug. Um, but get, give us a grade on this core. Uh, I think I would have said C plus for me because I, at the start of the season, I think I'm probably more of a B minus right now. I do like Stuver a lot. I don't know how high he'll end up at the end of the year as far as compared to the other goalkeepers, but it's got some nice, nice depth. Tarbell can step in and he'll, he'll do an adequate job. They should be able to pull one of the young goalkeepers down the line. I think Scott is probably my bet, my, my bet on that one. Yeah. Um, but they've got some good pieces. I wouldn't say it's an outright standout roster, but I say B minus for me is probably where, where I'm feeling on this. I'd probably give it a C plus, and the reason being is it's just so unknown. Sure, I, I, it gives me no room to tell a an established goalkeeping crew or an established GK who's doing really well in the league to give them something different or award them a grade differently. I, they're just still unknown. I I believe in them, you know, and we revisit this two months from now. I may change that, but for me, it's a it it is a C plus. I I think they're above average. I think those two in particular lead the group, but for me, C plus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see how how long they they stick with it. I I think our next team we almost kind of see the other side of the coin here with uh, the Rapids of how last season they start with Irwin, which you think about last season. I mean, that seems like a lifetime ago when the the season started. Um, but you know, Irwin's brought in, and I I was expecting Irwin to just run the ship. Um, because I think he's a real, I mean, you know what you're getting with him. He's been in the league for a while. Um, he was 31, about to turn 31 at the time. Um, and he, I can't remember the exact play, but it was like the second game of the season. He misreads across. It looked bad. I mean, it was a bad goal. He would say it was a bad goal, I'm sure. Um, and then almost instantly he's pulled and they bring in William Yarborough and from Leon. Uh, who they signed for this this season. He was on loan last season. He signed in for the season. So Yarbrough's been the starter. Irwin's still on roster. They have Andre Rawls as well. And then the young 18-year-old goalkeeper, Abraham Rodriguez, who's getting time in USL. Um, but I think my big question was, um, if you're going to bring in a starting goalkeeper, outside looking in, it feels like either, A, you didn't do your homework to realize he's not what you're looking for, which if that's the case, then like, you know, okay, you, you know, you're going to have Colorado, preferences. <laughs> um, or B, you pulled the plug a little too soon. Um, and it was just unfortunate that Irwin's howler for the season came so early. Um, you're going to get a howler with a goalkeeper more than likely. I mean, if you don't get one, awesome, great. But realistically, you're probably looking at one for the season. So um, I, it was a little frustrating. Did I think Irwin was going to win goalkeeper of the year? No. But, you know, he, he's, he's what you're looking for as far as a, a confidence a goalkeeper who's going to play within himself and not lose you games. Um, and I think just that one mistake 
you know, it, se- it seems like outside looking in, it seems like it kind of rattled someone in the, uh, someone off the field. Yeah. It, look, for me, it's a, it's a D and it's a solid D and it's not a D plus. It's a solid D. Um, I, I want Clint Irwin to do very well. I, I do. I want Irwin to, to succeed. I don't think Yarbrough's the answer. Watched him last year. Um, don't think he's the answer. Don't believe they have anything coming through that's in-house that is the answer that you could go to, even as an 18-year-old. You know, um, Zach Steffen, you know, came out as a 19, maybe 20-year-old. You know, none of them are Zach Steffen. But you did just have Tim Howard in your in your roster who stayed too long, yes, but you paid him a lot of money. Um whether he was worth it or not, I, I doubt it because I don't believe the gate improved in Colorado. With all that being said, I think it's a solid D because I just I don't see anybody in that group making a difference. And you know the howler is the is, is it is what it is. I hope they continue with him because I just don't think Yarbrough's the answer. Ten years ago, people thought Yarbrough was the future. Uh, you know, in U.S. soccer, it was Yarbrough. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things have changed, good and bad. But he's—I don't believe he's the answer. And I don't like to be critical of the goalkeeper, but to assess them, you know, sometimes we do have to be. I just—I think they're in a—they're in a tough spot in Colorado. Yeah, I, I probably agree with that. I'm probably a little bit higher on Yarbrough than you, just from the sounds of it. I—I I think my one main critique is I'm going to guess he's on three hundred thousand or so. I mean, he—he's not—he's not, he's not going to come in cheap. They may they, they move resources to get him. Same with Howard. It feels like they're spending a lot of money for these these big names. But I I think at the end of the season he's probably going to be kind of middling, if not lower. Um, I thought he did okay last season, but again, I not for you know the pretty penny that they're working to get him in. So I think I think that's probably my my main complaint. I don't think he's going to lose you games, but you know he I mean he's thirty two himself. You know he was a big commodity a while back, but um, you know, I, I think at best he's middle of the pack. So, you know, I look, if you're, if you're over there over in Europe and you're still on a decent wage, generally people stay, you know, yeah. for some reason he's back here and some people do that by choice. And I think that's fantastic when they do, you know, Landon stayed here by choice, different things. It's great. But I just don't, I just don't think he's the answer. Sure. Um, it, it just, I don't know. It just uh, Horvath coming back could be the answer for somebody. Brad five years ago could have been the answer for somebody, you know, come coming back at 34, let's say, and I don't know how old he is now. Um, but I, I don't see that with being Yarbrough, but he's also not, not their number one at the moment, but maybe is their number one at the moment. So that, that just confusion and, and probability and past history at the, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Well, and they also think Yarbrough's 32. I mean, he's got two years left, maybe three. I mean, he's he's winding down. Who's next in the ranks? Well, I mean, I don't that Rodriguez might be ready, but I think that's asking a lot at that point. So um, we'll move forward here. Uh FC Dallas here. Um now they their their goalkeeping core is always leave me scratching my head a little bit. I seem, I feel like they always almost have too much talent and it kind of gets log jammed on itself. So they were riding Jesse Gonzalez for a long time. And obviously he was released um, for off the field um, problems. Yep. Uh, so Jimmy Maurer has stepped in and I, I really enjoyed his game. 
Um, it does feel a little chaotic at times, but he's definitely has the big save in him. I, I think he's off to a really hot start this year. Um, and um, he, he plays with that same fire that uh, Tim Malia kind of showcased whenever he stepped on the scene. He, you can tell that like he's, he realizes, Hey, I could lose my job. You know, he's, he's working for that. He doesn't have that confidence or it doesn't have that assuredness that he is on, you know, he can make mistakes and, you know, never lose it. It seems like he plays with, you know, someone's kicked him into gear, so to speak. So there's Kyle Zobeck on, on the bench, but uh, they have also brought in young Brazilian goalkeeper, 22-year-old Felipe, um, who I think is a pretty talented goalkeeper. But I think, again, I'm left wondering, why is he here? If you're going to bring someone in, which, you know, again, this seems like, I mean, he's he's spent time in the Brazilian youth national teams. He's He's got some some buzz about him are you going to bring him in to play him or is he just going to sit the bench? I think he has one start under his belt so far and he played a few minutes when Maurer got hurt. So I think he's a talented goalkeeper, but again, it feels like we have this log jam here in here in Frisco with, uh, with the goalkeeping core. I am a big fan of Jimmy Ma person player, big fan of Jimmy Ma. Um, years ago too, maybe critical of him on an exit, didn't leave the leg wide, left that back post quite open, easy finish for I don't know who it was. Might have been an NYCFC. I don't know uh, who, who got the goal. But um, he took the criticism wonderfully, like a pro. Mm. You, know, uh, you know, Gonzalez is gone. I don't know what's happening with him. Um, but the person and the player, Maurer, I think is fantastic. And so is Zobeck. You know, I think either one of them will do the job. Uh, you know, past that, I don't know how they are um, and, and what what will happen for them in the future. But I think you've got plenty of, of gas for Maurer. He hasn't beaten up his body from match play anyway over the last decade. So I think you've got a, a, a quality solution there. He'll make a mistake just like somebody from FC Dallas is going to bang a few over the bar and miss some sitters. <laughs> Jimmy's going to make some mistakes as well. But just from a stability, and Zobeck as well, from a stability perspective, those guys are as, as stable as they come. You know, they're just going to be, you know, kind of kind of rocks in the back. The insurance policy, you're going to occasionally have to cash in. They just they just do the job. Uh, you know, for me, that's a that's a, a B. Um I think they're in. They're in good hands with those two to get through a season, multiple seasons, not, you know, just a season. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, they're stopping a, a plug in a cap or something. A B for me. Yeah, or probably B minus for me here. I have some questions about them moving forward. Hours 32, I do I do think he'll probably finish top third as far as what I'm expecting with the goalkeepers and not higher. Um, I... I'm kind of wondering about down the line as far as who that replacement is, because they just released a bunch of their young goalkeepers uh, on the USL side. They have Richard Sanchez and Colin Schultler, the latter being the, the UVA goalkeeper. So uh, <laughs> I will say I, and so Sanchez is 27 and whenever he really popped up on the scene with the U 20 world cup, I was, I thought he was good. I was, and I, I think <laughs> I see you shaking your head. I really like this game. I think where he is now, unfortunately, like, his chances of at making MLS as a regular starter are probably out the window unless something takes a big turn. But 
Um, I think I would point to him as a good example of someone who, when he sits on the bench for multiple years, you're really rolling the dice on his development. And I think with Stuver, we can see, we can say, Hey, you know, you could train well in a way to get yourself ready or keep yourself ready. But for such a young goalkeeper who was kind of bouncing in and out of, you know, places, it just seemed like no one quite had a plan for him. And he kind of keeps waiting, keeps waiting. And it doesn't feel that long ago. I mean, this is maybe just me being old, but it doesn't feel that long ago that he was 20. But now he's 27, and now he's bounced through a number of teams, and it's kind of like, where's that ceiling, really? The young man has had enough chances. Sure. He's had enough chances that people would die for to have yeah, sure. to have opportunities in the league to play. He's had an, a, a plenty enough chances to prove himself that an occasional mistake is an occasional mistake, and it was not the case. Um, you know, some people there, there is there is uh, there's a filter there are many filters in sport at various whatever levels injuries part of it performance is part of it grades are part of it off field behavior is part of it there's filters all over the all over the world um, in in sport and in this particular case the filter of performance it didn't match up so the ability to play at this level is not an is not something that I don't think Richard Sanchez is uh, is capable of doing to be the be the number one for a franchise. You know, maybe in a different country, perhaps, but he's proven here that it it just it wasn't it wasn't a um, a productive run. Well, and you you run through his his club history. It's FC Dallas. He goes on loan to Fort Lauderdale. He's, he goes to Tigres. They put him on loan to Tampico Maduro. He ends up back in Chicago, goes to Kansas City, and then now he's back in in Frisco with the but with the USL side. You know this meandering kind of journey here. You know, I, I, kudos to him for continuing to grind out. But I think, like you're saying, you know, like yeah, he's certainly got his chances. Um, I have some questions as far as what what his role is there. But um, if Dallas can turn him around a little bit, great. But I think I think he's looking up. He's working uphill at this point. So. I hope the best for him sure. at some yeah. point past history is indicative of future results. And when you see that type of journey, yeah. you have to, you have to realize what's, uh, what's happening. Um, that maybe it's happening at multiple places. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Moving forward to, to Houston here. Um, kind of an interesting core here. I think this is the youngest goalkeeping core in the league. Um, they have the Croatian, uh, goalkeeper Marco Merrick. They also brought in Kyle Morton from St. Louis this last year, uh, the USL side. And then Michael Nelson has been on the roster for since I guess he left SMU. Um, now they have Tyler Derrick at the, on the USL side, but I don't think he's really going to be fe- featured with the MLS side here. So this is uh, 25, 27, 26 year olds, respectively. Pretty young group here. Um, if it does feel, again, a little log jammed. Uh, I will say I thought Merrick and most foreign goalkeepers that come to the league will struggle for those first couple months um, just because that's a big transition. And sure. so I didn't, I was kind of underwhelmed when he first arrived in 2020, but I thought that the back half of 2020, he started to look really good. Um, and this is the type of goalkeeper that if you're going to bring in a foreign goalkeeper, this is, this is the ideal one because there's the potential of a sell here for Houston where they can actually get some money back for him. Sure. Um, Cause they don't get, you know, they don't bring him in for free. So um, I think this is a really interesting 
kind of avenue to go down. Now, I think the worry is if they don't sell him for any money, if for some reason he just leaves for free, I think people are going to be thinking like, well, why do we bring him in the first place? You know, if he's just going to bounce. So I have some questions on how he's going to exit, but obviously I'm sure a lot of people do. I will say I'm really excited that Houston brought in a USL goalkeeper because um, I think there are goalkeepers in that league that can can make the jump. Um, so I was really happy, happy to see Kyle Morton step in. Um, Michael Nelson's still a little bit of an unknown. He's played some games here and there, but lacking minutes. So um, kind of interesting core, a little bit unknown for me. Um, but I do like how young it is just because it's exciting. <laughs> I, I like their staff more than I like their GKs. You know, mm-hmm. Pierre, um, Grubb. Um, why am I drawing a blank on the, the GK guy for the first team? I don't know if he's really notable. I don't know. He's kind of a nobody, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul Rogers is who you're thinking yeah, of? Jeez, jeez, Paul Rogers. I, yeah. I like their staff more than I know really almost anything about their GK group. I mm. I think the, the the fact of them bringing in a foreign goalkeeper, you know, okay, I'm not a, I'm not a fan, but um, all right. And if, and if you can move somebody on and it's good business, great, you know, but I, I don't know that there's somebody that makes that big of a difference in that p- particular position. Ibrahimovic came over and, you know, wow, opened people's eyes. Sure. Um, I haven't seen a goalkeeper come over from Europe and do that in the league. Um, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank if I can think of anybody that did. So I, I don't know, um, but I, I want Tab to succeed. I want Rogers to succeed. I want Jason to succeed. Cloutier in, their, in UTGRB, I believe, is where he is. Um, RGV. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I would like to give a pass-fail grade. Mm. And I'm just going to give a pass right now to them. <laughs> okay. Because I, 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 I would sound incredibly ignorant to try to, to talk through their group when I don't know enough about them. Sure. Um, but I, I just I trust their staff enough that they'll get them to pass, certainly in the GK roles. But um, that's where I would have Houston at the moment. Yeah. I'd say probably B plus for me. I, I definitely agree in that. I, I think in some situations it does feel kind of pass fail just as far as the the setup of what they've got going. The thing that I really like for them is that it feels like they have options. Um, none of those guys, I would argue, are at the top of their game. You know, they'll, they'll reach that in the next coming years. So for whatever reason, Merrick starts falling out. You've got one of the top USL goalkeepers that's looking, he's hungry, he's looking to prove himself. And Michael Nelson is, he's hungry for minutes. And the times he's gotten in, he's looked sharp. But they've kept Derek around for a while. Yeah. 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 So would be interesting to see how that, that unfolds. And I will say also, it seems like Houston's defense uh, early stages in is that they're tightening up a little bit. So they're not going to be demanding as many, many shots as maybe what the, uh, the galaxy kind of bled on the, on the opening weekend. But um, I just really want Tab to be successful. Sure, I, I yeah. really, really do. I, man, I hope he is successful. I think he's a great coach. Great yep. dude. I really want him to be successful. Yeah. Well, this is, this is year two for him. Is that right? Year two. So we'll see that this year, next year, things should be a little bit more in his control. Yep. Um, all right. So LAFC here, we're getting almost the halfway point. Uh, some news somewhat recently, Kenneth Vermeer was uh, released. I think mutual agreement was the the, the term I, I saw. Sure. Um, 
I, you know, I, I think he had kind of ran his course there. I, you know, I'll say I, he definitely performed more than what I was expecting when they brought him in. I just thought, Oh, like, why is this happening? You're getting this kind of aging veteran who was, I mean, he definitely had some bright spots in his past, but um, I, I was kind of, I just kind of left like, well, this seems kind of like a, a real shot in the dark, but I thought he did all right. Um, but I think what's really going on here is they're making room for, uh, Pablo Cisniega, who's a 25-year-old Mexican-German-American, it looks like. Um, <laughs> the multiple passports there. Um, and then they also, it seemed like they they moved some some things to bring in Thomas Romero, who just left Georgetown and was under the Philadelphia Union um, or inside their system. So they brought, they've got two goalkeepers right now. They'll probably sign a third to just kind of fill out the roster at some point. But uh, uh, Romero's 20 and Cisniega's 25. Um, I, I'll say this. I was kind of skeptic on Cisniego when he was first shown in. I, I like some things, but I think he looks really sharp at the start of the season. I mean, it's, we're very early in. I think there are you know, things to, to play out. But from where he left in 2020 to where he started this year, I mean, he's already made some big-time saves. Um, he looks – it looks a little – over premeditated sometimes of like, he's just kind of do what he wants to do regardless of what the situation is going to ask of him. But, and he's 25. I think he's starting to figure out that decision-making. Um, he's got the mobility and the length in his game physically. That is kind of a, a really hot commodity that sort of blend right now. So I'm really interested to see what he can do. I think he's kind of on that cusp of, are you going to be a good endless goalkeeper and you can kind of, you know, make make a name for yourself in that way, or could you bump up a little higher? So um, really nervous to see what he has to offer this season. I'm a fan. I like Cisniega. I do. I, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think they were, you know, I don't think they were wise to get rid of Tyler Miller. I thought he was doing them well. Yeah. So that whole thing happened and then, and then injuries happened. So it wasn't, it wasn't like they got rid of him because of the injuries. Um, and now it's been a struggle in Minnesota, but at the end of the day, I thought they were, they were, pretty stable with Tyler Miller. And I thought it was a bogus non-increase, non-signing and moving him along. Yeah, uh, It happens in sport. I get it. But sometimes it doesn't have to happen. And that didn't have to happen. And it did. With that being said, I, I didn't think Vermeer, Vermeer was ever the answer. Um, I do think Cisniega has done extremely well. Uh, past that, I don't think there's a whole lot of, whole lot of depth there and I, I don't know really why. Um, you, know, you you can have some you know it's unproven depth. They have depth, but it's unproven depth. Um, so at the end of the day, I I don't think a a club like LAFC should be caught in that situation. And uh, you know I but with Cisniega, I, I give him a B because I I do believe in him. I think he's going to be stable and. I think he's durable. I think he'll be able to carry on and carry them, carry them as a as a, a stable force in the back. Past yeah. that, I don't know really. I don't have a, you know, if I were to grade them just on depth, I'd probably give them a D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I will say Romero's coming off a national championship, or well, I don't know if he's coming off it. He did win one with Georgetown. I don't know if it was 2019 or 2020, but he's got kind of an undersized kind of sprawling, you know, goalkeeper style to him, which for, you know, that kind of style is either boom or bust. It feels like, um, so I'm curious to see what he can offer. 
He'll probably be featured in El Salvador's national team setup at some point. Um, so, but I, I think unproven is probably a good way to, to sum it up. Uh, and I think this is also a good example of why you probably want that USL side for these sort of situations amongst other reasons. Um, you know, they don't have a pool to step in. They're going to have to go pick up. I mean, I, is, is Charlie Lyon the, still the MLS goalkeeping pool? I'm trying to think who even uh, they may pull whoever it is, you know? So I, I think that third figure, third figure won't feature too much into the, the equation, but um, Charlie Lyon right there. Oh, yeah, the glove. Nice. Nice. nice, nice. Yeah, there you go. It's a good place for it. Yeah, good place no, for it. Charlie no longer. I'd love for him to be that guy. I just saw him a couple weekends ago at a wedding and he looks fit beyond belief and mm. hair down to his shoulders and yeah. everything else. But he's yeah. not the guy anymore. Well, and it, you know, he's not to get on a too big of a tangent, but he's another, he's the, the list is shrinking as time goes on because it happens less and less. But he's that he's definitely on that list of goalkeepers that I wish I would have he would have gotten more chances. You know, you look at Sanchez, who got a number of chances, uh, and then you look at Lyon and, you know, Pat Wall. It's like another one I always think of, like, man, there was, like, these guys coming through that either didn't get a chance at all or, you know, got log jammed. Like, you know, Jeff Attenell is kind of one we'll, we'll hit on here in a little bit. These guys kind of get stuck. They can't really move up the, the roster because there's not playing time of it. road, I mean, we can go on with a lot of them, Steve Clark and what he had to go through. and Yeah, yeah. 35 years old now, you know, and, yeah. and but kicking ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you grade LAFC? Did we get a grade out of you? No, no, you didn't. Uh, B plus for me. I, I think when they signed the third one, he's probably, I mean, that's probably, he's not going to feature that much. I like, I like that they're going young. Um, at least for me, shows you there's some sort of plan there. And I feel like that's one of my big critiques for endless teams with their goalkeeping courses. There's not really a plan. Um, so next one may hit on this a little bit with, uh, the galaxy here. We've got starting goalkeeper Jonathan Bond, who, if I'm not incorrect, I believe his situation is that he holds an American passport, but he can't he can't play for the U.S. because he's already done his one time switch. I think that's right. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he can't play for the national team. Either way, he's a starting goalkeeper, and then they've got a slew of once young goalkeepers of Jonathan Klinsman, Justin Baumstieg. Eric Lopez at 24, 24, and 22 year olds, 22 year olds respectively. Um, so they've got four on the on the on the first roster. Um, I thought Bond looked all right. I I was a little confused why we're ever as a league trying to find backups at like this, you know, bargain bin sort of value. Um, I don't think he's a bad goalkeeper. I think he'll he'll. I'm kind of expecting Miller Road if not a little less, because I think making that jump to MLS from another country is difficult. Um, so I think that first year is going to be rough, but I don't, I'm not really inspired from this goalkeeping core. I used to be really high on Eric Lopez, but his time has just gone on. Same for Justin Vomsky. I, I liked him at times, but it seems like there wasn't really a roadmap for them. And it seemed like the galaxy were trying to sign young goalkeepers and get them a roadmap, but it seems, I'm not sure. It seems like things have kind of fallen apart. Obviously, some of that is COVID related, but even before that, it seemed like those guys were losing momentum. So, um, I I won't give it an F outright because I don't think that's quite fair. But I think probably D minus to me because you're log jammed. You have honestly too many goalkeepers as far as like what their roles. Are. You get too many like for like goalkeepers. You know what is the difference between Vomsting and Klinsman? Like what different role are they going to play? 
is Klinsman really going to be a featured goalkeeper in the future? I don't, I don't think people are expecting him to be, but for some reason he's kind of the number two here. Um, what's Eric Lopez's ceiling? There's a lot of question marks that have unfortunately there's been more question marks coming up in these last two years as opposed to them going away. So I love to be proven wrong, but I think this is a really LA, difficult roster. It's a very LA group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Klinsman uh, and Vom Stieg, who whose dad coaches at Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. uh, who's been on, you know, uh, the name's been fluttered about for years. Um, and a good goalkeeper, you know, by all, by all means, good goalkeeper. Uh, Lopez signing at 15, you know, tall, lanky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now here we are at 22. It's hard for me to believe he's 22 years old. Yeah. So seven years. COVID hasn't been around for seven years. So, um, you know, for him, he's a, he's had whatever opportunities to show that he's the guy. I mean, you know, what I think all of us forget at some point, wherever, whenever, is that, you know, training happens every day. And you have your opportunity to show a training every day. And you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself if you're not getting a shot or you're not breaking through or you're not earning. You move on or you change your game or you improve your left foot or you take more risks on your extension, uh, range extension. You you play out of the back more, but you connect every pass, not 90%. You know, there are different things that have to happen. At the end of the day, you know, you, you throw those names around, uh, Klinsman, Baum Stieg, Lopez. Bond is the one who's the number one and, and came out of, you know, virtually nowhere to be that guy comparative to the amount of publicity that those others have received over time. Um, I, I don't think there's any chance of him, whether he holds a, uh, a, a gold standard passport for the U S I don't think he's going to be playing for the U S at any time soon. Sure. Um, just like whoever it was, and maybe we'll, we'll get to them. Uh, Ochoa, you know, people thinking that he's doing all this to be ready to play at Azteca. We'll get to them later. But <laughs> it, it, for me, I think I've seen Bond. I think they're two and zero, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, two and zero, but he, I mean, and to be fair, he did get shelled his opening games. Like, I mean, Galaxy are bleeding shots for sure. So, right. so <laughs> result wise, I give I give them a, a B because you know I, I don't know if those other the other crew is going to do anything. I don't know if any three of them are ever going to play. I don't know. Uh, and that's a rough road for a goalkeeper uh, to think, you know, you know, Klinsman in particular, the son of, you know, a, a top 10 guy in the history of football, perhaps. And how many games does he have in the last five years? Yeah. Oh, not many. And that's a rough road for a goalkeeper. Um, common road, but rough road. But I give them a B just because they're 2-0 and, and Bond has has played well in those games, and I don't see any, I don't see anything from them that it would be like uh, they're, they're completely unstable with that. Even though they're two and zero, I think he's brought a little stability there. I'd, I'd give him a, I'd give him a B, but a very LA name goalkeeper crew roster. <laughs> well, and I mean, I'm looking through their goalkeeping cores over the years right now, and man, it is just U.S. Youth International after Youth International like coming through, and some having success, but a lot of them not. I mean, you've got Bingham, who just left recently. You had Brian Rowe, which I was really excited about. What's that? Where did Bingham go? Uh, I should know this. Why don't I know this? Um, oh, he hasn't signed yet. 
I guess that's our issue. Hey, yeah. mate, LAFC might he may go back up there because they're looking for a goalkeeper, and that's just next door. But yeah, he's still a free agent apparently. Well, and that and that's the high contract there. I think that's maybe making things difficult. Um, but yeah, Bingham, what's that? The Galaxy are in a better place this year than they were. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it depends how much the I mean shots are deep and concede here because it may not matter. Um, but you've got Bingham, you had Brian Rowe, I was really excited about. John Kenton, I was really excited about at various times. Brian Perk, I think injuries kind of derailed his career. Um, Steve Cronin, if you want to go far, a little farther back there. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get these young goalkeepers that they've got momentum. And, you know, it's, I don't, it's, I'm sure it's not just one person's fault, but it, it is odd to see these young goalkeepers come in. And then for some reason, they just start spinning their tires. Yep. So, um, moving on up north, we've got Minnesota's core of uh, okay. All right, who who's joining us here? Who's joining us here? Peanut. <laughs> okay, okay. A little peanut showing showing uh showing their best side to us here. <laughs> so, um, so we're going up to Minnesota here, where Dane St. Clair is really kind of taking over the starting position there. The 23 year old Canadian uh, goalkeeper. Uh, the rest of the core features Tyler Miller, 28. Uh, Adrian Sedin, Sedin has at 25 and then Fred Emmings at 17. So um, I, I think this course is pretty interesting. I think that again, this, you want options. I think every goalkeeper here has a different role. And I, I think you can, this, this shows you can have four goalkeepers with different roles each. Um, so Fred Emmings, obviously not going to be featured for a long time, but that's fine. That's, that's the point. You're looking for something long-term, which I really like that. Um, I would prefer Miller over St. Clair just because I think he's a little bit steady, but I think St. Clair has, you know, I, I think he's, he's made some jumps from last season. Um, and I was thinking on my end, I was like, man, I, I feel like Minnesota should just go ahead and sell St. Clair and get something. Cause I didn't expect much for this year. Yeah. I think he's done well. Um, we'll see if he can knock down or tie down a position there going forward. Um, but I think that's probably the big question mark now of like, well, you've got Miller and you've got St. Clair, basically two starters now. Um, what do you do? Um, now I will say also, I don't Now This is speculation. I don't, I didn't get the sense that St. Clair was thought to be a starter at the start of last season. Like I didn't think Minnesota really viewed him as like, okay, this is going to be his coming out year. Right. I would agree. So then when he, he got in, I mean, of course he, he wowed everyone, um, things looked a little chaotic at times, but you know, I think he did well for himself. Um, you know, now he's worked himself into that position. So I think this is one of those examples of, yes, they're probably not ready. If they're at that, if they're 22, 23, they're probably not ready, but can we find the minutes to prove us wrong? You know, can they, can they get in situations, whether it's in USL or MLS of saying, Hey, how much res responsibility can you take? And so you don't really know that they'll, they'll fail unless they actually go out there. So, um, I get that Minnesota's in a tough spot because, you know, how, yeah, are you really going to roll the dice with a young goalkeeper, especially when you have Tyler Miller? I get it. But you let them sit forever, and then that, you know, that product kind of wastes away. So, um, really, great. The highest grade I would give so far. Well, yeah. And that's a B plus. And, and there, there's a couple reasons. One, I've, I've worked with Tyler Miller. I've worked with Fred Emmings. So I know them, you know, as, as, people in his GK. Um, Fred was obviously a very young signing, uh, but worth it, you know, and, and 
the camp shutout kid. So I believe he was there when you were with us. Um, I, I briefly crossed over with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a legit prospect, young, but a legit prospect. And, you know, who knows what the future holds, domestic or otherwise, because he does have the op- opportunity. I think it was Luxembourg that showed originally. Yeah. Um, you know, Miller is a proven number one caliber goalkeeper. I just think he's he's probably still hurt. And I don't think that's necessarily why Dane is playing. I think Dane has proven himself to be quite capable. And so much so that I think, you know, when you now look at Minnesota, you got two number ones, two legit young number ones. And um, I don't know who the third one that you mentioned, I think it's going to be a tough road for whoever that is because you've got two legit guys. I mean, if Miller were, were to be able to come in, I don't think he misses a, I don't think he misses a beat. I would hope, you know, he's proven to be quite capable. Dane is, as the other aspects of his game have come into play, he's been a very good shot stopper over time. And he's been a very good shot stopper now. You know, they're not bleeding goals like they were when they came into the league and their first two games were, I think, five and six goals against, respectively, um, with a nightmare goalkeeper situation. Uh, I don't even – Albidge or something? was uh, John Albidge? Something like that, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 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 I, I think you needed a calculator to, to get his goals against average. <laughs> and, um, so they've stabilized in goal, which is great. But I think they're – I think they're in a good spot. Yeah. I, I'd i say B for me just because I, I, I feel like you got two number ones. I'd hate to see one of those lose momentum, and I'm wondering about Miller losing momentum right now. And then if Miller gets back in, then what do you do with St. Clair? So some questions there. Um, but I think, I mean, signing Fred Emmings in itself is always exciting. When you get the young goalkeeper in, it shows you've got some direction. Yeah. Um, so I like that. All right, so we're almost getting to the hot spot here, but we got Portland. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, not, not too crazy of a, of a core here. Um, I think this is probably about a middle of ro- road as far as filling it out. Well, I don't know if that's you. I'd say, yeah, okay, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. I think there's some really positive things about this. I was, they, they've checked the boxes is kind of more what I'm thinking. They've got a young goalkeeper in Holton Hunter Salt, who's 19. Um, they filled out the roster with... Um, Alinez Ivacic, I think I'm saying that right, the 27-year-old Slovenian. And then right now we have Jeff Atanel starting over Jeff Clark due to an injury. I'm not sure his recovery time. But like you said earlier, Clark is 35 and Jeff Atanel is 32. So you've got kind of, you know, multiple roles again, um, which I like. So this is really positive for me. I think the thing I get a little bit concerned about is when teams run goalkeepers too long. Um, and I think that's really difficult. Yeah, I think the Red Bulls kind of ran into it. Like, well, when do you really move on from a goalkeeper? And I think that's a really tough question to answer. Um, is this year that year for Steve Clark? I thought 2019, he looked awesome. I thought he looked really good. 2020, I thought he did all right. Wasn't bad, wasn't great. Um, does he rebound this year at 35? I think his playing style and his age, I mean, it's it's very – I don't know. I don't even know how to how to describe it. I mean, if you've ever seen it, it's almost anti goalkeeping in some ways. It's just so not. It's so atypical, um, almost chaotic. 
you know, yeah, I think it really worked for his career, but I think when you get older, like that's a tough style to, to roll with. So um, hope he can get I call his style joyous. Joy. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, and this, I mean, he's made some of the most, the best saves in MLS history. I mean, the, the one where he slid over in the, the corner for the side tackle outside the box and he's sprinting back. I don't know who it is that ball. And he makes a, he makes a, you know, 25 yard sprint to make the tackle and make a 25 yard sprint to get back for the save. I mean, what a ridiculous, like no other keeper in the league does that, you know? And so that that's, that's awesome. But I just think of at 35, what's your exit strategy? Um, I do like Jeff Attenell a lot. Um, that he's looked okay in, in this one start, but um, I like that they brought in Soltz as well. So I think this is probably a B minus just because I have some concerns about the move moving forward, but I mean, B minus isn't bad. So um, some positive things there, but I think moving forward, they might have some, some headaches, if not outright growing pains. If we're talking about Portland and we're talking about Steve Clark, I'm giving an A. I'm a huge fan. I love how he, he celebrates goalkeeping. Sure does. He makes a save. And he's in, he's joy filled. I think that's awesome. We don't have enough of it. Um, and he's productive. Sure. Atanella, I think, is going to be a solid deputy right now. But I think once Steve's back, he's back. And he's their clear number one. And he's had a, a journey, you know, to be where he is now domestic, foreign, domestic. It hasn't been easy, but I certainly think he's earned it. I don't think he's mistake-filled or mistake-prone while still aggressive. Um, he's not afraid to, to, to play the position. And there, and what does that mean? That's stupid, Stan. What does that mean? <laughs> there are plenty that are tentative to exit. There are plenty that you know will, will spill because they don't think they can hold it or whatever. He has no problem executing, you know, in, in many cases, the difficult. Um, I think that ultimately Atanella is, is quite serviceable. And the others, I, I don't know enough uh, about, you know, and that I think that's why they're in those roles. But so I'd give them a B right now because Steve's not in. Um, but for me, I, uh, I'm a huge proponent of, of a Steve Clark. I mean, I, so much so that I'd put him up in any conversation with anybody in our in our country right now, goalkeeper wise. I just think that he's, uh, I think he's he's what a team needs in the back. Yeah, that he can make a difference in a game, a positive difference in a game. And uh, I know I don't think there's a team in Major League Soccer that feeds off of their goalkeeper as much as Portland feeds off of Steve Clark. I, th I think that's a really really good point there. Um, when you start getting to the higher levels of really anything that, you know, goalkeeping, these nuanced sort of intangibles are going to start playing a role um, to a greater effect. I mean, when you're, when you're on a, a top caliber team, you do want people who can take that responsibility that have that joyousness to them, that can be a good leader um, that can also keep the ball in the net, you know? <laughs> so um, probably one of the better distribution goalkeeper goalkeepers in the league i think he i'd have to really go back and think about this but i think he was the first one to really successfully do that big de Gea k save well and efficiently and at the right time i mean he did he does a great job of it he found a style that really works for him 
Um, so I, you know, there's a lot of things I, I would never, I'd be reluctant to teach a goalkeeper to play like Steve Clark, unless they, the kid really wanted to. But I think Steve is a really great example of someone who found what works for him, even though it may not be quite what everyone else is doing. Um, you know, like you're saying, how many, how many goalkeepers are as happy to make a save as him, you know, as he, you know, so I, I think there's a lot of really unique things about him. I, he's someone I really hope that stays in the game because I think he would be a really killer goalkeeper coach, if not outright manager down the line. So Eric Pogue did a good job with him on the collegiate level. Yeah. yeah. Bringing him in. Uh, they're still friends to this day. Um, you know, I, Eric Pogue has done a phenomenal job producing goalkeepers. And and Steve Clark is probably the the number one coming out of that group. And at the end of the day, I I think uh, how he views the game is is worthy of a solid grade. And I yep. know we're talking about him a lot, and not Athanella, who's in the, <laughs> in the game right now. Um, but you know, I there's more to talk about for me with yeah. Steve Clark because I I just think the guys uh, the guys got his act together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we'll move on to RSL here. Keep us going along here. Uh, four goalkeepers on the roster. Um, I'll try to say them in order as far as the depth chart, but I think that's up for debate here. But we, it looks like we have David Ochoa, the 20-year-old uh, U23, U20 goalkeeper. Uh, Zach McMath, I'm assuming, is the number two, 29-year-old. And then Andrew Putna, 26-year-old, he's searching. And they've also brought in uh, Jeff Dusnep, who's a 16 year old. Um, I think he's from the RSL Academy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, uh, kind of interesting core because you've got all these, again, different kind of goalkeepers in different roles here. Um, but I'll go ahead and let, I'll pass to you <laughs> on the start here. Um, so I'll let you set the stage as far as how you're yeah. viewing RSL. You're using a word like interesting with this group. <laughs> how vanilla is that? Are you kidding me? Well, I'm just I'm getting out of the way for you, and I'll I'll, I'll hop on whatever you say here. Unbelievable! This this group. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm from a distance familiar with with uh, some of them uh, and the crew. I thought they had a great coach last year in Todd Hofer. Uh, Todd's no longer there. Um, Look, if if you're Ochoa, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't need the the antics. I don't need the animation. I don't need the. I think it's naive as far as what he pulled last week. Um, hey, get, give um, us a, a, a quick uh, recap as far as sure. if anyone missed. You know the result against Minnesota. They get the result at Minnesota, and and you know the, the at the end of the game, uh, there's there's fans there in Minnesota. Fantastic and uh, Wonderwall. The whole thing behind uh, behind their their. I don't know which end in the stadium. Um, they've got a great supporters group, and uh, so you know he had he had gotten the result, and and uh, certainly a little bit of animation during the game of of uh, shithousery, as people call it. Uh, you know, look, he, he was killing the game at various times. Um, if it were another team, they would want the same out of their goalkeeper or whoever. So some of that, eh, whatever, but. Then to turn around and ping the ball into the stands after the result um, is just it's it's not representative of the position, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't want anybody to have done it. I wouldn't have wanted a, uh, a Casey Keller to do it. I wouldn't want a Tony Miola to do it. I wouldn't want a Tim Howard to do it. Um, you know, uh, many of the guys back here, friends of mine, I wouldn't want to do it. 
uh, I, I just think it's it's immature. Uh, it's wrong. Um, I'm glad that 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 Heath said what he said after the game. I'm glad that some of the other players said what they said after the game. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't I don't think things like that are necessary, especially after what just happened to you in a high profile case within the Olympics and lack of qualifying. Um, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me as a as a coach looking at a at a goalkeeper or let's say one of my goalkeepers if, if I were in that in that uh that platform. I wouldn't be happy about it. And I'm not expecting that whoever's coaching them um that he's going to be quoted or asked even. And I'm sure that he would support him. Uh, in fact MLS did by putting him as uh as uh, on the bench for team of the week after you know that that type of antics is the league better off for it to have those storylines sure i'm probably getting too long winded in in my rsl explanation but i think it's i think it's i think it's crap it's unnecessary and i could really care less what he thinks uh about it uh, you know for me i think that that putna is a guy like we spoke earlier that you know has not gotten the leash that others have um I think he's quite capable. Um, McMath has had many opportunities and many opportunities and many opportunities and many opportunities and many opportunities, you know, and it just hasn't really solidified at any point, but maybe he's having a little bit of a resurgence in his career. Um, for me, where we are, you know, today, I, I'd have to give the, the group a C, a C minus just for where it is, you know, well, staying results wise, Minnesota's two and or, or not Minnesota, LA Galaxy's 2-0. You know, yeah, I think there's a, a, a little bit of more stability from Bob. I don't see that stability from, from Ochoa. And past history is, has, has shown that to be the case. So, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's how I feel about it. And um, ask me how I really feel. <laughs> no, I, I think what you're saying is, uh, is fair and probably speaks for what a lot of people feel about it. I mean, you know, I think probably what rubs people – wrong mostly about this is that this comes off the heels of the olympic failure you know it does put a weird taste in your mouth of watching him have a not great game and a pretty important game that would have pushed us through the olympics and qualify um you know is it exclusively his fault that we didn't go obviously not but i mean that's a pretty rough second goal he gives up there that you know that costs the you know in a lot of ways costs the game um, so, you know, I, I think off that heels there and to see him do something so entitled as to think, Hey, I can punt this ball into the stands and hit these fans over here. I mean, there's a reason why other goalkeepers don't do that or no one, no one does that. You know, um, I don't think anyone told him to do that. I don't think the coaching staff is saying, Hey, go do this. But, you know, I do wonder, and obviously this is all behind closed doors, so I, I can't know, but I do wonder what that mentorship is looking like for really any young goalkeeper, but certainly one that has the responsibility of a show right now, who's started the opening day game. Um, it looked like this in the locker room. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. In the locker room, you know, that, that was the, that was the result. Right? Yeah. Ice in the veins, uh, uh, blood pumping, adrenaline, whatever you want to term it as. Um, but that's, that's what the celebration was after the game. So he walked off. It looked like to me, with a little bit of embarrassment yeah, and being, being shuffled off to the side or else, okay, why do you say that Stan? I was thinking of that. What, what's someone that's listening to this right now thinking, well, 
the reality is, is he was kind of ushered around the group. And if he was still pissed off and still standing by what he did, he would have had some words back at Adrian Heath or whoever else was coming at him um, sure. with the, the the comments. I think his his Olympic teammate was was going after him a bit and he wasn't responding in, in any way. So maybe he was feeling a bit bad about what he did. Okay. If that's the case and how I look at it, then that's the tweet the next day. That's the comment to the media. You know, that's then showing maturity. Um, is is saying, you know what, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't too smart of me. Yeah. I, I gotta be better than that. We got a good win tonight. I gotta be better than that. And I will next time. Yeah. You know, well, but that isn't the case. That's not what anybody heard. So I'm yeah. not gonna apologize for feeling the way I feel about that. No, no. Well, and I, you know, what a great opportunity for Ochoa to have rewritten the narrative for himself and just saying like, hey, yeah, you know, I, I was a big reason why we lost, you know, the game against Honduras. But like, look, like I'm I've won the opening game here. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to move forward. You know, I think when you look at Sean Johnson and Bill Hamid, who both had very terrible Olympic runs back in 2012. Um, you know, that was kind of the message that both of them put out, like, hey, like, we messed up and we're looking to move forward. And, you know, I, I thought that was really big of them to to say that and, you know, try to put their best foot forward. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seems odd. Um, and, of course, you, you see the lack of public support for what Ochoa did. I mean, look how many people defended him after the, the terrible goal. And they said, hey, keep your head up, keep working. And then look how many people, people didn't defend him after he punched that ball into the stands. Um, you know, the antics for time wasting, that's one thing because you're trying to win a game. I don't really love it, but I get it. You know, I understand what's going on there, but you, you go back to Steve Clark, the way he impacts the, the game intangibly is clearly a positive result. I think people wish for this kind of chip on a shoulder attitude to be a positive impact on the game, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not convinced of that. Um, and all I have to say, we haven't even talked about him as a goalkeeper, you know? So, um, I, when you do stuff like this, that's the problem. Yeah. So Nick Saban came out the other day and talked about, uh, are you a butt or an and player? You know, are, are you having all these accolades read about you? And then people say, and he's a great person and he's a great student and we've never had a problem with him. Or is it all these accolades about him? And then you follow up with, but yeah. he turned around and kicked the ball into the stands in Minnesota. And yeah, but against against Honduras and Olympic qualifying, really bad decision. And you know, these type of things, those things are gonna happen as far as the goalkeeper. I get it for what happened against Honduras. You know, you, you try to limit that being the case, and maybe there were others that wouldn't have done that. That's a little bit of, of retrospect. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think that, that, you know, maybe Marcinkowski does a better job. I don't know, but the reality is, is that didn't happen. And so we're not talking about his goalkeeping because that's what he earned. You know, that, that's the, that's the reality. It's not us. It's what, it's what he's put himself in a position for people to talk about. Good luck doing something like that at Azteca. All right. If you ever get that chance, if you ever get that chance whether that might be through CONCACAF Champions League or someday, who knows, if you ever get the shot with the with the full side. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know. We'll, you know, time will time will tell. But it, it's just it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't smell good for any for any goalkeeper to do uh, sure. to do anything like that. And for me, it doesn't seem like there's any disappointment from him whatsoever about it. So we've we've taken too much too much time <laughs> on RSL. Well, so uh, too much time on Ochoa. Sorry. Well, let me take this on as far as an RSL note, not about Ochoa. I do think McMath has in some sense gotten the short straw on a number of occasions. I do think he outplayed Howard in Colorado. He gets to Vancouver and Crepo, who we'll hit here in a little bit, you know, had a stellar of a season. Um, when he was at Philly, they sh- shouldn't have been playing a kid that young, which ironically enough is, you know, you're rolling the dice here on Ochoa. I mean, McMath, I think was 19 when he first got his start. So a little bit younger, I think than Ochoa, but either way, it seems like no lesson was really learned from that situation. So I, I'll defend McMath in that I, I think he is a competent goalkeeper. I don't think he's going to be a world beater or, you know, competing for goalkeeper of the year. But I think if you put him in, he would be fine. But, you know, for, I, me, for me, that I'm a Putna, Putna sure, fan. Sure. And I think uh, uh, Putna would, would do a good job for them. But sure, sure. I, I, I'll, that's why they get paid the big bucks. Yeah, uh, you're, you're not wrong there. I'll give it a D. Plus. I think there's some positive stuff there, but I think they're in a really nice. D, D plus. Okay. I don't think Ochoa's ready yet. I think he could be down the line. When you're starting a 20 year old goalkeeper, I think either they're Tim Howard level or they're you're starting them too early. Um, and then yeah, you think you put you, you get a log jam there. So moving forward, we got our last four clubs here. We'll try to spend as much time as we just did on the last one here. But uh, San Jose Earthquakes, who have finally pulled the trigger, I'm really going with J, JT Marcinkowski. They kind of did that last season, to be fair, but the 23 year old. Um, who is the Olympic backup has been the starter. Um, Daniel Vega, who's 36, uh, is still on roster. Matt Bersano returns at 28. And then they also have Emmanuel Ochoa, no relation to David Ochoa at 15. Um, so interesting. I mean, you're, you're spanning 21 years with this roster here. Um, I like that they went with Marcinkowski. I've been a little disappointed in his early, his early season here. Hopefully turns it around. Um, I previously said that I think he's a goalkeeper who doesn't lose you games. And I don't think he's done that, but he's definitely made situations more difficult by being so quick to run down the line towards a shooter. Um, so, you know, I, and I, I would like to have seen Bersano get a shot here, but I think that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, we're at San Jose's morning. So um, I like that they've pulled in Ochoa, the youngster, um, which they would have moved on from Vega a lot earlier, but you know, we're here now. So I think this is probably a, another D plus for me. I, I think there's some positive stuff there, but I'm, I'm underwhelmed by Marcinkowski right now. I think he's got more to show. Um, but um, they, I don't know. I'd like to have seen them being, been a little more creative over the last couple of years with their goalkeeping core. To see for me, you and see. Um, I'm trying not to say Daniel Vega's name. <laughs> uh, I, I was shocked last year. Um, I was absolutely shocked. I mean, it was it was a period of time for me in Major League Soccer watching games where it was like I was drawn to the TV because San Jose was going to be on TV. And so I was watching San Jose for completely the wrong reason. I was, I was watching it to see if the if 
you know, uh, whoever was covering the game, Fox or ESPN or whoever it was, had enough, enough electricity to put up the number of goals that he was going to give up. Um, I, I couldn't believe, you know, I mean, it was historic numbers. I'm not, I'm not over-exaggerating anything or exaggerate. It was historic numbers in a six-game stretch or something like that. Yeah, Five-game yeah. stretch. I don't know what it was. Um, but there were, there were, you know, five and six, and I, one of them might've been seven. And part of that is Almeida, you know, and, and the, the, the system he employs. Then they, they stabilize things by putting in Marcinkowski. Yeah. How, how difficult is that to see? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I said the other or the other day on Twitter, I said, you know, professional coaches are gauged by results, wins and losses and guys like. Joel Quinville with the Hawks and Phil Jackson with the Bulls. You know, I'm a Chicago guy. I love it. Um, those guys were remembered because of the championships and they won games. And uh, how difficult anybody can go into a, to a to a position like that and lose. And no one wants to do that, obviously. And he's not trying to lose. But when you're giving up historic numbers, just a change of of any sort, and typically that's in the goal position, is warranted. And it wasn't, and then it wasn't, and then it wasn't, and it was backed, and it was backed, and it was backed. I think JT is completely an upgrade, and I think Bersano is an unknown, and I don't think his ship has sailed. I think he's, I think he's a, a, a fantastic goalkeeper. At 28, he's still got you know perhaps seven, eight years in him. Um, he's fit beyond belief. He's got great feet. Marcinkowski will be fantastic as well. For me, those guys are one, two, two, one, one, two, two, one, whatever it may be. And Vegas not even in consideration, but um, so I, it's a C for me because there's too much unknown. I, I don't know. You know, I, I think Matt would be great, but he's not given a shot. Marcinkowski, I think, will be good. Um, not much of a shot yet. I know that Vega won't be good because he's had enough of a shot, similar to Sanchez. Yeah. No. Well, uh, well I'll, I'll I'll clarify that. I I think Brasano's ship has sailed as far as his chance and goal, but I no, I, I would have. I would have really liked to have seen him in goal over the last couple of years. It seems like it's the Marcinkowski show now, which I understand. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think this is a great example of when, you, you know, you've got two extremes. You don't want to be super quick to pull the trigger on moving a goalkeeper and, you know, you give up one goal, new goalkeeper. You don't want that. But, no. you know, at some point, especially like, it is a little unfair sometimes to when a team is struggling to switch goalkeepers and then you see success and then maybe that was because of the goalkeeper, maybe not, but you know, that that's a reality that a lot, of, especially in the college ranks, you see that a lot of time that a team will switch a goalkeeper, they'll start winning and the coach is convinced, Hey, it's this goalkeeper when in reality wasn't much of a switch. But I think that, I mean, anyone watching from anywhere, you know, just watch the game. Yeah, the defense is really bad in San Jose. I get it. But, you know, you look at Vegas' performances at some point, it's like, well, why do you have any backup goalkeepers? Like, if the, you know, like at some point, you know, when you're like, you shouldn't be hitting historic numbers to switch goalkeepers. I, I, I don't know what they were, but the, the numbers were historic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a bad game like beat, getting beat 9-1. And then, okay, the next game it was a, a 1-0 loss or something. It was, it was like the numbers just kept climbing and kept climbing and kept climbing. I was like, I was just, I was in, in shock. Yeah. It was when no one could go to games and I was literally watching the games and tweeting out to see if the, the people in the cars behind the stadium at Avaya would wave to me if the, if the, if the, the 
camera would scan or honk their horns if they want Vega out. And I don't, you know, look, I don't want that for a goalkeeper. Look, all, the, all these guys, I, I, I love every single one of them, okay? Yeah. But and, and I love goalkeeping. I don't want someone to lose their job. But, dude, do that. Whoever it is, you got to perform. And if you're not performing, you shouldn't be on the field, especially at the highest level. You are losing people. They're just dying on the vine, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> Everything I've heard about him sounds like the, a really nice guy. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, you know, okay, I'm sure he's a great guy. I have nothing against him. But, you know, at some point we're trying to win games here and you've got, you've got a league that's competing. So right. um, last three cl- clubs here, uh, we've got the Seattle Sounders, um, maybe one of the more boring <laughs> cores of the bunch. I mean, you've got Stephen Fry, 35-year-old. They did bring in uh, Spencer Ritchie, which – um, I interviewed him when he was coming out of college and I asked, it was kind of a stupid question, but I asked him along with three other goalkeepers, what like their end goal was or dream goal was. And he said he wanted to play for the Sounders and that was 2013 or so somewhere back there. Um, maybe not that long, 2015, somewhere there. Um, so it's nice to see him back, uh, in a place he grew up in, in that area. Um, and then Stephen Cleveland, which I really liked in 2019, but the 26 year old hasn't seen, I don't think any, any playing time. We've got another, another dog here. Oh, same dog, same peanut here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, pretty boring core, but that's kind of what you want in some sense. I'd almost just give this a, a, a solid B here just cause, you know, I think Richie maybe has some gas up in the tank. I think since he didn't go real well in a lot of ways, but I'm curious to see if he could, if he could pull that back. Um, I think Cleveland is really interesting. Um, you know, I, I'll go B minus because there is some unknowns there and Fry is 35. He's getting up there. But um, in a lot of ways, you do want a boring core. You don't want like you, you don't want fireworks back there. <laughs> necessarily. B. I really think they're as stable as can be. I'd give them a solid B, um, you know, maybe even higher. But the reality is I think Steph is fantastic. Um, he deserves more than he's gotten so far. Uh, I, I think that I think Richie should have been the guy in Cincy. Um, and he did well in Cincy. I like him. Um, never met him. Don't know him. Like him. I, I've met Steph. I like Steph. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of the goalkeepers I've been critical of today, I would like them if I've met them. Whatever. These guys are also performing and, and, and good dudes. I, I think limited is probably accurate for their number one. Um, I don't think that Stefan Fry in particular is that mobile. But with that being said, the guy's the boss. He puts himself in positions to win games, not, you know, just make a save. Yeah. You know, the timeliness of making a save, Sean Phillips and I talk about that a fair amount. The timeliness of making a save, Stefan Fry's the king. You know, 80th minute plus, and they got a 1-0 lead. The guy seems to just come up big all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full-on chances that he just robs and keeps yeah. up the goal. I to give these guys a solid B. I, I should probably grade them higher. Stefan Fry, I just think, is physically limited, but he's so smart. And Well, well and I, I feel like he's almost the other end of the spectrum, but both have done it really well from Steve Clark as far as finding a style for him. 
Fry plays so deep. I mean, his heels were on the line a lot of times, but he wants the time on the shot. So, you know, he's he's backed up off the shot as far as he could be, so he gets an extra tenth or two tenths of a second, and that sure. seems to work for him. Um, yeah. And you know, so I again, you, you look at goalkeepers: are they really playing their style or not? Um, I think Marcinkowski is a good one that he's still kind of searching for his. Um, but yeah, I think the reason why Fry is still playing at thirty-five is because he found a style that one works for him, but two, like kind of ages well. You know, I think you look at Howard, how far down the line he was playing at, you know, in, the, in his late thirties, like you're asking too much of yourself. Like you can't cover that distance like you used to. So, um, you know, I, I, I've been really impressed with how, how Fry is, he's kind of like fine wine, you know, he's, he's gotten better as he's gotten older and he, he's, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to get worse and you get older. So, right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that group. Um, I, you know, they'll they'll be fine there. Which look, <laughs> I would expect nothing less out of their leadership. Yeah, and to have quality stability in the back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Last two teams here: uh, Sporting Kansas City. We've got Tim Malia, who's um, now Sporting Kansas City is a little bit rocked with injuries apparently. So Malia's out. I'm not sure on his timeline, but the 34 year old previous goalkeeper of the year award winner uh, did not start the season. Uh, they decided to go with 20 year old John Pulskamp, who um, I thought I had some kind of polarizing views on him before the season. I was kind of thinking, you know, this is kind of a roll of the dice here, but for all the attention Ochoa got for being, I think he's older. I'm pretty sure he's older than Pulskamp here. Um, I thought Pools Camp looked better if I'm heads up between the two. Um, and I think Ochoa's game was, was all right. I mean, he gets, gets the win and all just on the field stuff. We're talking about that. But right. I think Pools Camp, you know, I I think he looks a lot better than I was expecting. Um, and I really like Brooks Thompson, the 18-year-old who spent time with the second team. And then they also rounded out the position with Kendall uh, McIntosh, 27-year-old from Red Bulls. And they also have uh, Ohio State alum Parker Siegfried on a loan or I think he's got a month or two. So they got five right now just because of injuries. But really, you're looking at the, those first four. I'm going to give this an A, which injury, uh, that's an A without injuries. And, you know, obviously it drops with injuries. I like that they've got a lot of, I'm going to say a lot. They've got two young goalkeepers that I think have high end value. I think both are on track to be a starter in the league, whether they get there or not, you know, who sees. But um, I like both of them. I like Malia a lot. He's 34, and they've they've got an exit strategy from Leah. Like, do, do they finish him for another year or two? You know, we'll, we'll see about that. But whenever they do decide to pull that trigger, they've got at least one option here, if not two. I thought McIntosh looked okay a couple of years ago, but I don't think he – I think he's in a similar boat as Bersano as they're looking younger. So um, I really like this goalkeeping core. I think it, it is a really intriguing one. Stable as well. You know, uh, the names for me are uh, Parker. Uh, I like Parker. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get a shot there, but I like sure. Parker. I've, just, I've known Parker for a long time. Um, I think he's a good kid, a good goalkeeper. Uh, I really do. Uh, Paul's camp, I've heard great things about him. Uh, you know, I, I'm quite certain that uh, Ross Kane worked with him a bit. I'm quite certain that Childebrandt worked with him a bit. Uh, they've got a great goalkeeper coach there as well in Dufty. Um, stable franchise. Vermees leaves steady leadership. Again, you have steadiness 
out of the back. No, no, you know, bogus animation uh, <laughs> going out. Um, you know, Melia, I think, is as steady as they come. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pulse Camp, similar, a little different in this sense. Miller's not as old as as Melia, but you know, the young guy's coming in and and maybe he's going to have a decent run of it. Fair yeah. Enough. You know, but I think if something were to change and Melia gets the, the call and he's in, um, whatever that may be, great. I think you're in a great position again. You know, so I, I think they're in they're in a, a steady place. I just I hope they uh, they they value what they have in the that that people that have helped develop those players. Those are the people I hope they de- they value enough to keep them around as well. Yeah, you know, the Duffies and Mitch is no longer there, and Kane is no longer there. But uh, those guys have done a great job with those young goalkeepers, and you know, yeah. some of those people aren't aren't easy to just they don't grow on trees. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. The value- I- Grade, sorry, my grade. Oh, what was I it? It's a. I would say it's a. It's a B right now. It's early. Um, I would give them a B. Yeah. Fair, fair. I the thing I, I think I like about Sporting Kansas City in general, especially over these last five years, it seems like when they don't have a route for a goalkeeper, they move them on. Which sounds a little heartless, but that's that's kind of what you want for all parties involved. You don't want a goalkeeper getting stuck, and that you know, and they're just in this black hole and they can't move. And you don't want to be having dead weight. I, I use that kind of harshly, but you don't want to have a goalkeeper that you don't have a plan for. Um, so you look back for the last five years. Now, I, I was really excited about John Kimpin at one point. I'm still kind of, I think there's some question marks as far as what, I'm not, I'm not sure how that all unfolded. But, um, you know, they, they've had a number of goalkeepers with the second team. I mean, I'm looking at the, for the last five years, four different goalkeepers got at least one game every year. I mean, that is, they're looking at goalkeepers or moving on goalkeepers. I think that's great. That's what you want. Um, and then you mentioned the, the staff there. That four goalkeeping core and even five with Parker, that is a really different goalkeeping core. I mean, those are all very different, noticeable playing styles. Malia and McIntosh probably have some similarities as far as moving down the line and, and being using their speed. But Pulse Camp and Thompson, like they'll play back a little bit. Thompson's like six four. Pulse Camp's like six, six even, I think. I mean, you've got really different goalkeepers here. Kudos to that staff for being able to work with different goalkeepers, which I, you know, maybe that's that's the secret. Maybe that you want a variety in there because I mean that spices some things up. You don't want like for like goalkeepers. Um, but no, I, I completely agree that it seems like they have a really really good thing going. Hopefully, their value in their their goalkeeping staff and resources behind that. Yeah. So. Uh, last team here, Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, Maxine Crapo returns, the 26-year-old Canadian. Um, Thomas Hassel, who was the Olympic starter for Canada. Uh, they also didn't qualify. They got as far as we did. Um, the last two goalkeepers we have are Isaac Bomer, if I'm pronouncing that right, 19-year-old Canadian uh, German goalkeeper. And then they also brought in Evan Newton, which I was excited about because I always thought Newton, you know, I don't think he's going to get a shot. but I. It's nice to to make the jump. I think he deserved it. Um, he's 33. I would have liked that had been five years ago, personally. But it, it is nice that the endless team picked him up. So I like that. Uh, I like Crapo a lot. Um, I think the younger – I don't – Hassel, I, I think, is okay. I, I don't think he's really going to make that that jump there. Um, I don't know Bomer at all. Um, but um, I like Crapo a lot. I think he is – answering the 
the questions the modern game is asking right now, where you need mobility and decision making. Um, but still, like a lot of the old guard of good handling, covering the net. Um, and he also, similar to Steve Clark, plays with a lot of energy. So um, he checks a lot of boxes for me. Rest of the, the rest of the depth charts probably doesn't really wow me a ton. So I'll I'll give it a solid B because um, I think they could probably move some things. But you know, I'll bump up to a B plus. They they got some young talent there, and they got the future national Canadian goal team national team goalkeeper there. So um, I, I I'm really excited to see Crepo back. So I, I wish I knew more about the overall crew. Okay, I, I'm a, a big fan of Maxine as well. I think he's done extremely well. Uh, brave and bold and aggressive, and I think he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, Evan Newton, like Bushy's worked with him. Mm. Indy had him. Quality as well. Where he is on the depth chart, you know, uh, that that's obviously going to be the issue. Okay. Sure. Um, I would trust the Canadian side is going to play a Canadian goalkeeper, especially one who has been in your Olympic qualifying and even whether successful, unsuccessful, whatever. Um, But that being said, I, I I would give the the crew a a C because I don't know how Maxime is going to do this year. He's done well in the past. So maybe I'm being a little contradictory in my, in my grade, but, I don't know the others enough to, to say, okay, well, if Maxine was gone, I trust they're good. I trust they would be serviceable. Um, but I, I just don't know it. So I don't want to sit here and, and talk like I, like I do. <laughs> I don't know that well, sure. well uh, Crapo is a little bit of an, an unknown because 2019, he has a monster year, but 2020, he goes out like third game of the season, get his hand stamped on. So, yeah, you know, he only really has one season under his belt. He's a he's a he's a good goalkeeper though. I mean, yeah, yeah. when he was when he was playing in the nineteen season in particular, he was he was very 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 solid. Yeah, and steady and steady and uh, you know I don't I don't buy into the one mistake and you're now uh, sure. not steady or unreliable sure, all that sure. sort of stuff. Um, you know that we play hope a high profile position, but you know he's he's steady. And I, I, I like him. And, you know, I, I know in a little bit of what I've seen of Evan Newton. But past that, I, I can't speak about their crew. Um, but I, I'd give that group a, I'd give that group a C. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough.